Some people claim that the atrocities we commit in our fiction are those inner desires which we cannot commit in our controlled civilization. So they are expressed instead through our art. I don't agree. I believe heaven and hell are one and the same. The soul belongs to heaven and the body to hell. Welcome back to the Blasphemous Cinema Podcast. I'm your host, Jake, and with me today is, of course, my trustworthy co-host, Addison. How are we doing today, Addison? We're doing just peachy, Jake. That's good. That's good. Doing pretty good here, too. Um, Thank God. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) We are back um, to discuss um, the very unsettling black metal veins directed by lucifer valentine who some may recognize his name from the vomit gore trilogy that not a lot of people like whatsoever um (laughs) but this this one seems to be kind of is like where people actually like it and seems to have like actual some sort of direction and stuff like that um which the film follows a group of um, heroin and crack addicts and basically kind of their day-to-day lives and just showcasing the harsh realities of hardcore drug use um, and everything that kind of comes with it. Um, so I guess this... <sighs> This is a tough one to kind of gauge because is it <laughs> I think it's it's <sighs> I don't like it. <laughs> well, no, I know that. It's just like I don't even know where to kind of like where to begin with it. Where to begin? Yeah. I mean, I guess let's let's just hear your thoughts. So like what finishing the the film, what were you like where are you standing? I just don't like it. Uh, I'm not a fan of films that use super heavy shock value and try and make very realistic looking things for like the pure, it It just feels very shallow to me. Like I don't enjoy it. Like Requiem for a Dream, I don't really like that, that movie either. And he feels like he wanted to make Requiem for a Dream, but for like edgelord people who want mm-hmm. something super shocking like what if i made requiem for a dream and mixed it with a serbian film and yeah and then i just say it's for art for art's sake and i'm i'm being so talented and i'm making commentary like it it just i don't know it just doesn't really come across as anything creative to me to just sit there and have actual drug addicts sit there and then you just kind of script and make really fucked up scenes for them to do and while they're high and then you're just like filming it and you're, it feels more exploitive than anything. Yeah. Just, no, I mean, it's full on ex- exploitation. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of that films that do stuff like that. And I don't really think, uh, I think it's kind of a cop out for people to sit there and like all the reviews that people are saying and when they actually like it, they're just like, Oh, it's giving a true lens into this world. And we see something so messed up, but this is how it is. It's like, ah, I don't really see it that way. <laughs> it's I all mean, scripted. So, yeah, I mean, kind of, I didn't, there were some things when I was watching, I was like, okay, that's obviously kind of scripted right there. But I didn't know, like, truly how much of it was, like, unscripted and not. Um, so, walking out of it, I was kind of felt like, 
well, I do feel like it is kind of effective to as what it's like the goal of showcasing the harsh realities of it are. But when you get into the territory of when most of it apparently might have been staged, it it loses a lot of that because um because what's even the point of doing a documentary if you're gonna be staging stuff? Exactly. Um, and I we you know, we were talking about this last night. I think we're kinda in the same boat. I think the only thing that was like kinda truly unstaged was I mean, the just I mean, even you can argue some of that was, but a lot of the drug use was pretty real. Um Yeah, it looked real. I don't know if everything but the drug use was real like you said like it could have been staged but for the most part it looks like they're really doing drugs but i mean oh yeah there's no telling you know i mean i truly believe like the drug use was real for most of the time and these people were actual like real like full-on drug addicts um i think it was like kind of like one of those things where like the looser valentine was like all right i want to do this thing let me go find some addicts like hardcore addicts and let's do some things with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause I mean, Raven looks like she actually lost weight like over the course. Oh, she of the did. Movie. She and that did. looks like legit, like drug use, like all the sores and stuff. Yeah. I mean, like we, we'll get to into a little bit later. Cause I mean, like she brings up the fact that like she has like parasites on her body, like eating away at her body. Yeah, and what was the other thing like the abscess? The abscess? Oh or yeah, under, because in, yeah, armpit. That was, yeah, that was disgusting. There's um, so much disgusting stuff in this movie, which is another thing too that gets me. I, I'm all for gore and disturbing cinema. Like, I love the Evil Dead remake and stuff like this. But I guess I'm the more we watch disturbing cinema, I'm starting to figure out more about myself. Where I just don't think I'm into the extreme horror territory where it's not even entertainment anymore it just feels like it just feels gross like this is the kind of movie that you just want to take a shower after you watch it and yeah like, like i'm just not a fan of the, this kind you of almost, like filmmaking it almost feels empty after like you kind of feel a little bit empty afterwards yeah it's just it makes you feel icky <laughs> yeah feel gross like kind of going off of your point like kind of saying that is like even when i don't think maybe like a lot of these films are like aren't great i still really enjoy going out of my way to watch these movies because i think that in itself is just fun and exciting yeah i mean yeah that i just wanted to bring that up it's Um, fun seeking out like different things that most people haven't seen like reaching new territory of film but it's like i also kind of want to enjoy it while i'm watching it too though yeah no i get that so the main people we follow in this movie are Brad, Chris, Doom, Raven, and, <laughs> and Doom. Which always has quotation marks I know. around his name. Because, you know, that's just the stage name and everything. And then um, Autumn Misery. Um, and then you had Brad's uh, mother. Which I also think a lot of the stuff with Brad's mother is actually pretty... I think a lot of that's kind of real and everything like that. Like her interview yeah. at the end, I actually think that part's like actually full on 
yeah. real and everything. That didn't like that. that didn't feel scripted at all, which no, is part I, of the exploitive aspect to me was how a lot of it was scripted. And then you get this very real story from a very troubled mother who is yeah. clearly suffering. And then it's like, yeah, Lucifer is just using this in his movie just to try and salvage some kind of emotional connection out of it. Yeah, so at least when I am digesting the film a little bit now and knowing that a decent amount of it was scripted, I do think that it's not as... it. The goal of this doc isn't as effective as if it's staged. That's just plain and simple. Like a documentary is a documentary and it's not documentary truly if it's staged i mean that's just that's just how it is um so i think i still really appreciate the idea going into the movie and like that but i don't think at the end of the day it really fulfilled that yeah and I do think it is effective in some right of showcasing the extreme drug use, but it's just not as, like I said, just is not as effective as you would imagine if it was, wasn't half of it wasn't staged. Yeah. Like it's one of those things where like you appreciate the attempt, I guess, but it's like, yeah, you know, you only get so many points for being ambitious if you can't hit the mark. Yeah, per se for sure and and then plus like we talked about before like how much of that can you really give credit to someone like this who's basically staging something with real drug addicts and not actors or anything so he's not even really directing and then also his true character is also being brought into question as well with all of these weird accusations we were talking about how his like how he might not even be a good person in general so it's like do we really trust this man's opinion per se or his judgment yeah it's that's an interesting point because um we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording um i did a little bit of digging into kind of lucifer valentine as a just as a director and just as a person and he seems extremely problematic um in terms of just possibly being accused of grooming underage women and um, harassing women um, and like having a toxic fan base yeah um, the fan base for sure I mean can you really trust someone named Lucifer like that's obviously you know he made up his name and shit so oh yeah um, definitely a moniker or whatever you want to yeah. call it I mean he, he self proclaims him as a Satanist and that he was taught that by his parents um, I've only delved a little bit to, into an interview with him, but that was like one of the points. So there's still a lot of stuff I still want to look up on him. Um, and I brought this up as well. Is like you can't find a picture of this dude. Um, I all the things that I found were just of pictures peop- of people in his movies, um, and a lot of people are using like the photos from like Supernatural to like. <laughs> like Lucifer from Supernatural as his like bio pictures and stuff like that. So I know. So it's so weird. Um, So you have these four people and you kind of just, all right, 
you're kind of thrown into it basically saying, well, the first thing he says, like, you know, this isn't, this isn't glorifying any, anything. This is truly just to show you the harsh realities of hardcore drugs and then the consequences and life shattering stuff that comes along with it. Yeah. Um, Which I have trouble with that too. The whole disclaimer thing. Have putting disclaimers at the beginning of films also feels super lazy. So, um, I mean, talk about this one a little bit. Like, what is your kind of view on that? On what? Like this disclaimer and going into the movie. Well, I just, I just don't like films that put disclaimers or like things in the beginning of the movie to sit there and tell the audience perceive it because that automatically makes me think that you have poor direction or that you don't know what you were doing because then you have to sit there and flat out tell people what they should think so it's like okay yeah 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 it just feels it just feels iffy to me because like (laughs) going into this film you should automatically feel that hopefully this is not glorifying any of the hardcore drug (laughs) use exactly why do we need to be told it yeah so i get that um and so here's here's your four people um and you kind of just get introduced to them you find out that two of them are in a black metal band um the black metal stuff is obviously very very far in between it's only like so like maybe like you could probably like chalk it up into like less than five minutes of like total yeah, you get barely any snippets of it. And it's yeah. always like the same scene replayed over and over in black and white of the like some weird live show that only has like very close up medium shots. So you don't really see like any surroundings or anything. Yeah, I but... mean I, I love that aspect going into it. And there's some scenes where I do like it, um, but it's just kind of disappointing. Like, uh damn, this would have been kind of cool to delve into a little bit more. Um so Brad and Doom are in a black metal band together and you can see so Brad's like literally every time I see him is pretty much wearing a black metal shirt. Yeah. Me, you know, I, I really like black metal and stuff. So like the first you you talked about Bathory at one point, which is That's an OG, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like their first three albums are very raw black metal, and then after that they kinda of did some Nordic stuff. Um Blood, Fire, and Death by Bathory is like, that album is fucking phenomenal. Um, the first three or one of the Nordic ones? I think it's one of the first three. It's one of the first okay. three. Um, absolutely amazing. But, <laughs> you know, Brad's just black metal, black metal, black metal, and hardcore drugs. And so Lucifer Valentine, the way he kind of handles this movie is that he uses a lot of, like the shrieking of black metal and the cold dark guitar riffs of black metal and like combines it with like these really sinister like growls and stuff and just like overlays it pretty much over the whole film yeah you it's like a score almost like you hear it playing in the background for i'm pretty sure like 99 percent of the movie except for maybe the the shots yes. with the mom. Other than that, there's always the the which growling. I, which I really like that. I really like that aspect of what he's doing there because I do think it's is is a nice not I wouldn't say nice, but it's like a an effective contrast between that 
and it's hardcore drug use. Um, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. So then obviously, like we said, you know, there's just a couple of like shots of Brad and Doom um, playing in the band together during the same live set that gets brought up like every couple of times. Um, and so let's talk about, so Brad himself, he's, I would say probably like late twenties, early thirties, probably. Um, (laughs) And you find out that he does have, he does have a daughter and, you know, he doesn't really have a relationship with her. Um, he's he didn't really the one notion that's brought up is like none of these people really had tough childhoods really i mean all of i mean well, raven did yes kind of they, but it's they like, self they self-proclaimed that they didn't have tough childhoods that, yeah but like obviously some of it is and then they just go on and say well their thing is like they chose this they everything that's going on in their lives right now they chose this it's like fully themselves choosing this path yeah because they um, went into that whole thing i think it was raven was the one that was saying that but it yeah. was like they were like you know no matter what happens they were having this debate where they're like it, no matter what happens or what happened to you in your life it all comes down to what you make as a decision and then also yeah. it kind of gets into how much do you like trust these people and what they're saying it's kind of oh, it yeah. kind of gives you like the joker killing joke kind of vibe where it's like are are any of these characters actually truthful or any no, of them actually and that's like <laughs> the big thing is like i got a little bit into this i'm like you have to remember like these are hardcore drug addicts like you know how much of this stuff is actually like are they telling the truth yeah because they seem to switch it up a lot and they don't seem like reliable narrators in any sense of the word yeah exactly um and so Raven, she also has, um, she has kids. kids too. She has kids, and she has a boyfriend who is totally not okay with anything that she does, but is still with her. And oh, dude, this relationship makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah, he's just as messed up as she is, even though he doesn't do drugs. Yeah, he's, he's probably worse actually. He's in the navy, and he doesn't. He doesn't condone what she's doing, but will actively aid her in her drug use, like lighting up shit. And it just makes no sense. I like, I, yeah, he enables her. Yeah, I don't understand how you can be like, yeah, I don't, I don't condone any of this. And it's not even like it's like she's like smoking pot and stuff. No, this is like full on crack and heroin. And she's doing like the worst of the worst, and you're like, nah, I don't condone it, but you know, she's the love of my life, and I'm just gonna keep stay with her and her drug addict friends in this absolute dirt hole, and just yeah. like it makes no sense. Um, it makes no sense at all, which it kind of boils down to the fact that he manipulates her too, though, where it's like he uses her for sex and everything when yeah. he gets her all fucked up on dope and everything. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, like a general thing between him and Brad, too. Yeah, um, Brad does it, too. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's kind of like one of those things where, like, I really, like, you can bring up the comparison between um, Larry Clark's um, and Harvey Kareen's kids, where, like, you know, the, a lot of these people just, like, you know, they say, like, Brad thinks 
that like you know him and Raven are like great friends or whatever, and they are truly there for each other. But you probably probably not. Like it's just no. I mean, it, that's I feel like you could say that for most kind of situations like that where you have people who are on hardcore drugs and everything. Yeah, they're usually just stick around together just so they can all basically partake get what they need yeah, yeah partake, partake in the drugs yeah like raven talked about that in the beginning of the movie where she was like you know my navy boyfriend is gone a lot of the times and i'm always just hanging out with these guys because they're my best friends but then like she says that but then she notices and then you notice as the audience you're like yeah but she only hangs out whenever they go pick up drugs yeah. and then they all just get high and pass out yeah and so i mean brad says that like about raven like specifically and there's some sex scenes between Brad and Autumn Misery, but I mean, there's also like sex scenes between Brad and Raven. And as Raven's boyfriend, how are you fucking okay with that? Like, he's basically taking advantage of her when she's all doped up. Yeah, because I mean, I think he's okay with it because he does the same thing. Like he does it also. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can easily. Yeah, that's. Yeah, they're just all really sure. messed up in the head. They're all mentally just, you know, out of there. They're all fried. <laughs> they don't yeah. give a shit. Um. Then you also like, so you have Brad Raven. Then the other big person that's in this movie a lot is Autumn Misery, and oh my god, she's just so annoying, dude. <laughs> she is one of the most annoying characters I've ever seen. <laughs> she's a. She's also another crack heroin addict, but she's also a prostitute. And so she's there pretty much just for drugs and sex with Brad, basically. And I don't know, dude, some of these these sex scenes are just so cringy, dude. It's just like they're just getting messed up and they're shooting up and he just Brad just, you know, going to town on on a misery whatever way. It's and disgusting. To it watch. is. It just it makes is. you feel like I said. It makes you feel like you want to take a shower afterwards. Like you yeah. just want to get up and leave. Like you're like, this is. I don't want to see this, man. <laughs> it was like, I was like, dude, what the fuck, man? I was like, come on, bro. What are we doing here? And it's art, Jake. <laughs> it's art. But so we get this other character. Um, we'll obviously dive into a little bit the more details and stuff, but. The other character that's in this movie somewhat is this guy named Chris. And he's the one who gets shot, right? Yeah, he's the one okay. who dies in the middle of the film. Um see I'm wondering if that actually happened. I think I think I think it did. I actually think it did. You think he got shot eight times a bad I, drug deal in real life? I don't, I don't know that, but I think he definitely died in the middle of shooting. And yeah, like maybe. So He's obviously just there to shoot up with these people as well. He doesn't have, he doesn't have anyone. Same type of story, and it, abruptly, kind of in the middle of the movie, it says that Chris was shot and killed in a drug deal gone wrong, and kind of never shows up again after that. It's a bad freeze frame. Like it's, you know how in the Irishman, like Scorsese does all those deaths with all the characters. It tells you how these gangsters each die in yeah. the Irishman and what age and everything. 
and then you have like that one funny one where the guy like stands up and he's like he died of natural causes everyone yeah. liked him like it's yeah. stuff like that but it's like it's like valentine didn't know how to just put it in the movie so he just had that weird awkward freeze frame right in the middle of the dude talking where it's just like he was shot eight times at a bad joke deal died and it's like what yeah. the fuck <laughs> so like, you couldn't have transitioned this any better yeah. <laughs> like and if this was real like what a what a sad way to go out dude like you, even your director doesn't give a shit about you couldn't even give you a good send-off no it's just like yeah this guy died in the middle of filming all right let's get back to the, <laughs> our natural programming um, and he was like and here's a prostitute watch her get fingered for four different scenes oh yeah <laughs> um really awesome stuff um so the stuff that you see these people do it, like just with their drugs is just mind-blowing it's like they and all the alcohol t- too that's exactly why i'm going with this he's <laughs> it, like before i get to that is they all bring up the fact that they've always they've all had multiple overdoses and been close to death multiple times and there's several scenes in the movie where you it is so hard to like Dude, how are these people alive? Like, they are taking so much fucking drugs of the hardest kind. And I'm just like, dude, how are these people surviving this long? Jesus the shit out of me. I- I'm surprised any of them survived, to be honest. If it was real drugs, I don't know how. They must just be troopers. I, I think, like, I-, I do think, like, all the drug use was real and everything. But it just blew my mind how much they were taking and... How much you were just, yep. All right, getting high, passing out. All right, we're doing it all over again. It's <laughs> just like <laughs> so crazy. I guess that's the cycle, though. I mean, yeah, when, it, you're, I mean, when you're that it deep is. into it, I mean, when you see all that shit, I guess when you're just that deep into it and that's your whole life now and it just revolves around that, just so you don't get dope sick and everything and your tolerance just keeps increasing. So you just keep doing more and basically your life becomes just. Get high, pass out, get high, pass out, get high, pass out. Yep. Um, there's an interesting thing that you kind of learn about Brad um, as a character that you can obviously tell he's racist. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he drops the <laughs> M-bomb, like, what, four different times? Yeah, movie? I was like, you don't expect it. Like, it, it just comes out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, he just called that, just called person hard R. And he just keeps on doing it. Then he brings up like, man, this one black guy was like a father to me. He's like, and then of course he pulls like, he was like the only black guy that I ever liked. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah, sus as fuck. <laughs> he's yeah. so sus. Um, so he's obviously racist. Because um, they were hanging out with that black dude later on in the movie too yeah like they had it was just some random guy who just showed up and then all of a sudden he was like yeah and this is the only one i like and it's like what the fuck is going on yeah um yeah it's just super stupid it's like was this staged or is this brad dude like literally just like this is the only black dude i like like this is so weird he's just a weird dude um one of the weirdest things that brad does in this movie one of the wildest things so He's hop up, hopped up on the drugs and everything, and he's drinking, you know, Jack Daniels. And he has Raven inject him with whiskey 
into his neck. Yeah, this literally, I do not get that. And if that was real, that was what I was talking about when we were talking about if the drug use was real or not. Dude, if they really injected whiskey, like what the fuck? What does that even do to you? How, can that like, I feel like that could kill you. Like you get air bubbles and like, your IV or something, it kills your heart. Like, what could injecting alcohol That was do? one of the wildest. Like, everything's wild in this movie, but, like, seeing someone inject whiskey into their neck was legitimately one of the wildest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that either. And I, as soon as – I was like you. As soon as they pulled it out and he was like, don't hit my jugular or whatever, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then, like, you know, there's another point where he just had like, has someone just inject – heroin into his neck too and it's like dude what are we doing man it's already how you survived that it's wild yeah no shit (laughs) it's insane um that's why he gets taken to the fucking psychiatric ward at the end of the movie yeah that shit was real so there was just like this weird scene and like i'm trying to like you know just like think about the stuff because there's it's pretty much like pretty straightforward in terms of like how you expect this movie to go it's just like you know you're there with the characters and whatever happens happens and yeah, it tries to be that slice of life kind of filmmaking so you don't get like entirely like obviously too much depth into anything so it's just like things happen so trying to think like i'm thinking of stuff as we go and like the one thing with raven is like the first part of the movie like for the first like half she's just like visually a very different person from first half to second half definitely like in the first half like her skin is like relatively clear and stuff like that yeah and looks like a somewhat healthy weight obviously not healthy in the sense when she's on drugs and stuff like that but like but in the second half she gets a lot skinnier and she has all of these lesions on her body basically and acne and everything and she says like this is from a dirty new dirty needle possibly that she has like parasites on her body just eating away at her that's the most jarring part of the movie is that cut basically i think it's after what's his face died but right when autumn misery comes into the movie is when you see raven has lost all that weight and it's so jarring because it comes out of nowhere and then even brad looks like he lost a little bit of weight too yeah but it's Draven is, of course, the most draught one. As soon as you see her, you're like, holy shit. You're like, yeah, <laughs> because like her face gets really bad, too. Yeah, it looks horrible. Like, it just makes you just cringe. Like, you're just like, that is terrible. Yeah. And one of the most disgusting things in this movie is so Raymond brings up that she has a growth under her armpit and it's like a legitimate big growth under her armpit and she's like yeah this is pretty much when i missed my vein and you know the heroin has to go somewhere so it's trying to come out of my body and it's basically growing into this and she said eventually it'll burst oh like dude come dude like i don't like if she's as soon as she said it like eventually it burst i'm like yeah 
definitely wanted to think about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude. When you told me when we first were about to watch this movie, or before we watched it, when when you picked it out, you were like, apparently people gag at this. I'm like, it's pretty gross. You know, I was not expecting to actually get grossed out because it's pretty difficult to truly gross me out to the point where I feel uh-huh. sick. But dude, when she was talking about that abscess and she was sh- showing it and saying how it was gonna bust and everything, I was like, no. Nah. I was like, no, 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 no we're not doing this right <laughs> yeah. now. I was like, get, get it, take, stop filming it. I was like, yeah. get it off the screen right now. I was like, I've seen it. I get the point. Let's move on. Uh-huh. Just like every time they shoot up, you have this. He like holds the shot like five oh, to yeah. ten seconds and you see the blood and everything and it's like jesus please man i've seen so i've seen like fifty thousand needles can we just please get some substance going on and it's also a thing too you obviously notice that all these people's veins just look so bad like yeah. on their arms and their like elbows it's super like just weared out this is one of the awful things about that kind of drug addiction like if up and everything like you collapse your veins yeah and when you collapse a vein there's no coming back from that Mm -hmm. you can't fix that so that vein is just gone and you have to move on to another one basically and if you keep doing that eventually you're gonna lose a limb like amputation or something like or the abscesses like it's just disgusting it's so gnarly Mm -hmm. i don't Um, even know what to say about it yeah um the one thing i wanted to bring up was like there is that like certain like thing where just like there's a certain commonality of like how drug addicts and stuff like act and everything um and so like obviously these people fall into that pretty easily and but the one thing i felt like i noticed was that Raven, out of all the people in here, probably had the biggest promise in her life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like with the kids and everything. Yeah, like, she, like all of like the home videos that is shown and everything is like, this person really fucked up. Like this person specifically fucked up because her life didn't truly have to end up being like this at all. Like, yeah. Which I feel like that's kind of the message he was trying to give for like even every character. Like I don't I don't think he does it successfully, but I think he was truly trying to give you that message or that appeal to where it's like you don't want to end up like this and you don't have to. You can yeah. be you can be the raven in the home videos and not the raven dead on the bed. Like, you know, like there's Yeah. I feel like that was what he was going for, even though I don't think he successfully did it. But I get what you're saying, where it's like that appeal to that emotion, trying to make you see. Yeah, just looking at Raven as a person, like she, like in my opinion, I was like, dang, this person could have easily been at least something, you know, just not a a drug addict. Um, So, I mean, let's talk about her conclusion a little bit. Um, So she gets very fucked up one night she undresses and goes and lays on her bed and you get like a cut and then you see her naked dead body and and you realize she has an overdose and stuff like that because of just how much blood is on the bed yeah and her emotionless and so before 
I even found out that some of this was staged and stuff like that. I felt like that was like one of the most unsettling cuts and images I've actually seen in a movie. Like I thought that was truly, I thought that was all real. And I was like, damn, I was truly unsettled by that. Like that was harsh. Yeah. It's just, it's not a good image to see. No. And it even got worse when they're in the credits. There's a point where, there's a close-up shot where someone lifts up her head and it's like all the blood on her face and everything like that. Just like, oh, God. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that too. That was, it, it's just one of those things where it's like a, we already had the shot of her dead. Do we really need to see that kind of shit? Yeah, Dude, why the do we, shit right yeah, there. Yeah, why we just need to lift up her head and just show her like that face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think we all pretty much agree is like, Raven didn't die. That was just kind of a thing that was staged. Um, yeah, because the blood looked fake. I mean, it yeah. looks so fake. But it, I, I would hope that was staged. I would hope we didn't see a legit death, and we definitely didn't see a legit exploited death in excess like that. I would hope that was all staged. Because it would yeah. be awful if it wasn't. Yeah. Um. So she kind of reaches her end there where like she finally overdoses to the point of death. Um, quote unquote, you know, whatever that's her ending in the film. Yeah. And so we have a whole section basically more about Brad now where it, you meet Brad's father and mother. And so Brad's father, I actually really like this part in the movie when they're talking to Brad's father. He's like, you know, he was a good kid growing up, but like when he started becoming a teenager, we don't, we didn't see eye to eye and things. And, you know, me and his mother have tried all we could to get him off of and get him through these hard times. And he's like, you know, he's my son, I still love him, but that doesn't mean I have to like him. I was yeah. like, dude, that that sense right there fucking was great. Am I yeah, like that's just, a good yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. You're good. You're good. Yeah, that oh. was a good sentence. I actually um because like it's I did like that one. I feel like it's so real too because you know a lot of people who get into these situations, you know, their parents they do kind of have an end where like it's like you do so much for your kid to try and get him out of these things, but it also needs to come from the addict as well. They need to try and do their best to get out of it and you can only do so much. And it's just like at that point your parents still love you, but they don't like you anymore. Like, yeah. that's just how it is. Um, I mean, that's how it is for any addict, I feel yeah. like. Like, you can only be helped so much before you need to actually do something yourself. It really comes down to, like, willpower and a need for change and actually wanting to see a change in yourself. You can't just expect everyone to just do everything for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so you you find out through a lot of this that – um, Brad's mother kind of played some part um, in 
Brad's addiction at some parts, you know, her having access to Oxycontin and drugs like that because she's on a legitimate, I can't remember what it was, but she has a legitimate disease where she has to take these things and having them in the house, Brad would take them and stuff like that. And she brings up one instance that was very tough to watch, just like her retell it because you could tell how how heartbroken she was how yeah heartbroken and how deeply it weighed on her as a mother to the because one time like where she caught him catching caught him trying to take stuff and basically saying he said i have to take this or i'm gonna like basically just you know all with the the withdrawals and everything and she gave it to him yeah be dope sick like she blamed herself for enabling him but at the same time, like he, they didn't have any way to professionally help him. So it's like you could die from withdrawals at that point if you're taking hard stuff like that. Yeah. So, and you know, she breaks down. And it's like you really feel for her because obviously she has done a lot to try and change things. And that situation is like, I can't imagine actually being put in a situation like that. That's legitimately like one of the worst things I could imagine as a parent. Yeah, um, that would be horrible to yeah. be in that situation. I would hate for to have to deal with that if, if I had a kid and they were doing shit like that. I'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at the end of Brad's storyline, you find out that he had enough, he had, it said after several overdoses, several overdoses, he finally was checked into a psychiatric ward and was getting help. Yeah, he had several overdoses and he tried to hang himself. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He and tried... then he got caught doing that and that's when they took him to the psychiatric ward. Yeah. Um, so that's the end of Brad's storyline. Um, and the one aspect that also is kind of brought up a lot by all the addicts here, especially Doom, is that like the whole sense of like suicide is a big theme in this movie and like how they want to go out and stuff yeah, like it's that. Weird. I, I know what you're saying. Cause it's weird how they go about it. Cause even Raven talked about it where she was like, she had that whole little monologue where she was talking about how suicide is for cowards and anyone who kills himself is a coward. But she said, but she's going to go out by taking her own life because she wants to go out on her own terms. It's one of those things, I guess, is that the the addict mentality where it doesn't make logical sense. It's like you, you call anyone who commits suicide a coward, but then you mm-hmm. say that you will go out on your own terms and take your own life by like ODing or something. Yeah. So it's like, it's, aren't those basically the two sides of the same coin? <laughs> yeah. And kind of Doom says the same thing where he's like, you know, he's pretty much living in nothing. Like, there's just a whole lot of nothing. And eventually, you know, he'll die of overdose or whatever. And he's just kind of accepting it. Maybe yeah. it's by suicide, maybe it's not. But that's just how it is. Um, Doom also says, you know, you know, I had a good childhood and everything. And I, but I chose this. Um, and he's like... His dynamic with everyone was always so weird because he's like, I don't have any friends at all. I'm just pretty much just doing whatever. 
just here. Yeah, he's <laughs> just, just there. Just floating. Yep. Um, but he's also a big black metal fan and all that. He was uh, the only one that survived, wasn't he? Well, I guess Brad survived, in the, but he went to the psychiatric ward, but he was the only one left at the end. Technically, yeah. And you never saw what happened with him. Like, he's just there. Yeah. And then gone. Yeah, let's... And then, I mean, that's just his thing. Um, that's doom. Like, you could... I think also it brought up the fact that didn't he... Te- didn't it say at one point that he murdered someone or something like that? I think they said there was like rumors of him doing some shit like oh, killing yes. somebody once, yes. but no one knows for sure if he actually Yeah. Yeah. Did. So like rumors that he possibly murdered someone. But then also oh, and then he brought up the point where, you know, talking about Satanism, he's like, I'm gonna do anything to basically crush humanity whether that's rape murder and like all that shit i'm like dude fuck what the shit he said he lives for like pure anarchy and chaos yeah like essentially yeah um so then let's talk about autumn misery um in death a little bit yeah she's legitimately like the worst thing about this movie (laughs) no kidding um every time she was on screen she was always preaching. Just always. talking so much shit. And she would just be so... The way she talks is the aggravating part. It's like a like a really drunk, annoying sorority girl talking to you. Yeah. Like, Please be quiet. <laughs> and so she's a prostitute as well. And she like comes... Like I said earlier, she comes over to get high, get fucked up, and basically have sex with Brad. And... She just like talks about all these things about um, her her experiences of being a prostitute. You get several scenes of her like throwing up in the fucking toilet, which was really disgusting. <laughs> no kidding. It's like, dude, like that's actually like one of the most disgusting throw ups actually I've ever seen in the movie. Yeah, because she was real, probably. Yeah, just had to sit there and Lucifer as the camera, like literally in her face, and it's like, oh. I feel like I'm looking dead at her in the toilet and I don't want this. I don't want to see this. Yeah. And like I said, dude, every time she's on, like, she's always preaching about something where she's like preaching to the audience that she like knows everything in a way that like, Mm -hmm. this is how things are. And that's just the bottom line. This is I feel like that's a drug addict mentality too, though. Yeah. I feel like a lot of addicts are kind of like that where they just think, they know everything, especially when they're fried. Like they're just sitting there talking just to talk. Yeah. Um, so she talks about one like big instance of basically telling this girl how things are with prostitution with this like guy, this like 65 year old man who just like has women over all the time and basically like telling her the lowdown, basically how to go about things and, it just didn't really make sense how we got to that point. You're just like, all right, this is what it just randomly about. came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um. Oh shit! Guess what just popped up? What? It's got a notification that R. Kelly was convicted of several child pornography and sex abuse charges, acquitted on one pornography acknowledging conspiracy to obstruct justice. Oh my god! Yeah, shit, human being right there. 
Um, back to the <laughs> no kidding. The, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Um, Lucifer, you're next. Yeah. So, Autumn Misery is also like a vocalist, and maybe their band. I don't know if it's their band specifically or another band, but that's her stage name too, Autumn Misery. Um, she spends a lot of time getting naked in this movie. Um, the one thing that didn't make any sense or whatever was the one time where she was like trying to show her tattoo on her thigh. She like takes off her whole pants to show it off. Like, dude, you could have literally just like pulled up your shorts to show the tattoo. She just takes yeah. out literally all of her clothes to show it off. I was like, okay, man, she was she was just free balling. She wouldn't even wear an underwear under those pajama pants. Like, she just pulled them down, and it was yeah. like, what the hell, dude? You're just walking around just. With nothing on under some pajama pants. <laughs> yeah, she's disgusting. No um, kidding. It's just every time. I keep saying no kidding just because it's just like, I've never seen such a gross person before. Yeah. I guess for the, everyone in this movie, it's like I've never seen such a gross person. Like, I, I, I would not be able to hang out more than one minute with this person. Uh, dude, Max. I would never. I like, walked into a room and just saw all these characters in there. I would immediately turn around well, and yeah. walk out. Well, yeah, but like, let's say, like, right, I'm on this, like, I'm in a group, whatever, and this person gets added to the group, um, just out of misery, and I don't know for a fact that she's a drug addict or whatever, and she just starts talking for a minute. I'm like, all right, I'm dipping. <laughs> you I'm leave. Dipping. I'm <laughs> dipping. I cannot do this anymore. Um, be like, see ya. Yeah. So I mean, there's honestly the one thing that's like really staged in this movie is the whole during all like pretty much all these scenes Raven's like childhood videotapes are always on in the background which makes no sense why are they just watching this chick's like, that's the childhood thing. That's, tapes. Obvi- that's obviously like you know everything's staged and that everything of that is just staged all the time is like it makes no fucking sense it doesn't um, no logical sense at least i feel like it would have been a lot more effective quote quote um to just have like them playing black metal all the time or watching like black metal videos it would have made a little bit more sense than maybe when you use the raven stuff just like cut to it rather than showing it on the tv you know what i'm saying yeah i mean it's called black metal veins like in like you would, I was fully going into this thinking there would actually be more about actual black metal in this, but there's, there's honestly not that much. It's, it yeah. feels much more of just like a, just like a little snippet, like here and there. Yeah. Um, but I do truly, um, wholeheartedly recommend Bath Three Blood Fire Death. The album is masterful. <laughs> if you um, get anything out of this episode, if you get anything, listen to Bath Three. Listen to Bath Three's Blood Fire Death, and you're going to be like, wow that that shit was fucking awesome um there's a song on there where it's like it reminds me so much of like prince of darkness by john carpenter carpenter it's one of the best movies ever made you think so i love prince of darkness oh it's it's pretty great it's like it's like full-on like science horror in a way you know what i mean it's goaded it's one of my favorite movies ever um so it's do you like have any more points to bring up about any of these characters, anything like that? It's just honestly, it's like you pretty much cover the bases, but it's like not much more to talk about in a way, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I mean, nah, fuck this movie. <laughs> There's not much more to talk about. That's what that, that's what Addison is saying. He's saying, fuck this movie. I don't like Lucifer Valentine. <laughs> He's a but, hack. Does this make you want to go watch his Vomit Gore trilogy more? Hell no. I don't even want to touch him. I didn't even realize that this dude had made so many different horror movies. and They're all like, like a part of like the same thing where it's like just like childhood drawings and as like the covers and they're all like very just lots of vomit, lots of gore. That's... Yeah. I saw that in the comments and stuff and stuff on Letterboxd. I saw a bunch of people talking about the, the Vomit Gore trilogy and how that's like true loose for valentine and then like black metal veins is his uh basically like magnum opus and it's like dude if this is his magnum opus i don't even want to fucking look at anything else this dude is touched like i don't i'm I'm not for it i'm not here for it yeah um overall i think this movie would have been a lot more effective if it fully went in reality based at least most of it um and on also the point, touching a little bit more of like the, the the black metal these people are into and like the stuff that they play would have been a lot more interesting. Um, this movie's just, like that. This movie is disgusting. Um, and if you don't go, if you go into this movie actually thinking a lot of this stuff might be real, it can be very unsettling. Like I said, like I didn't realize the Raven death was quote-unquote staged and that like i don't know i didn't really think of like the blood is i didn't think too much of looking at the blood as fake or anything like that it was just like damn that was that was unsettling that was unsettling as hell it's just super shock value that you don't notice it at first but when i noticed it i saw that it was like bright 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 red and i was like Uh, okay there's no way that's real that's like george romero blood right there yeah (laughs) and then uh, I was really hoping that, like, going in this movie, it was going to be, like, a Star is Born, but for, like, black metal people. <laughs> like, I was like, that would be such, that sounds like such a badass idea for a movie. Uh-huh. And I got my hopes way too high with that. Uh-huh. My own my own invention, my own expectation of what it could be. I was like, yeah, Star yeah. Is Born, about black metal, still dealing with addiction, let's go. And then I was like, this is... Actually kind of sounds kind of fire, man. Yeah, think about it, think about it, think about it. Like, you have instead of Bradley Cooper being like a country singer or whatever, and then Lady Gaga's character being brought to stardom and then dealing with alcohol and pills, it's like, what if you do that same format and everything, but with metal artists and it deals much more with like heroin and like Hardcore stuff like that. Hardcore drugs like that. Yeah. Like that could be a good ass movie right there. Let's write that. Okay, let's write it. Let's do it. Let's write it. All right. Um. Yeah, so I think like when it, eventually when I logged this movie... I'm not even gonna give it a rating. Um, half star. You, you're gonna give it a half star. Fuck yeah, I, am. I hate Lucifer Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> like obviously, like you know, he's a shit person and everything. But like, you really like gonna put like this movie a half star? Yeah, you're not Lars von Trier. Okay, I mean, me. I mean, no, I, I, I understand. I just wanted to, you know, get your. Want to get oh yeah, oh, I'm being more. dead serious. Okay. I'm not even being funny. Like he's no, I know, I know star. that. <laughs> I'm just trying to gauge a little bit, like why you were thinking half star. Um, yeah, I, I'm not even gonna give a rating to this movie. Um, <laughs> and like, it's not like one of those things. Like, I'm not giving a rating because I'm gonna give it zero stars. No, I'm just not gonna give it a rating because I don't, I don't Definitely. feel it. Like, I definitely, I don't know. It's just no rating. 
Um, that was that was Lucifer Valentine's Black Metal Veins. If you want to see um, hardcore drug use with a lot of what you would expect drug acts to be doing for like an hour and 50 minutes, actually like an hour and 30, um, go knock yourselves out. You find it online very easily. Or uh, don't. Or go, yeah, yeah. use your time to go watch good movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we watch it for you so you don't have to watch it. <laughs> exactly. Um, Addison, what are we watching next? <sighs> Shit. I love how you always ask me this and I always forget that there's a whole list and there's I always... should already have a pick chosen. I don't know. Is there one off the top of your head that you've been wanting to watch? I haven't looked at the disturbing ah, scene. It's your fucking pick. Yeah, but I'm saying, do you have any recommendations? You know, I don't really care at the end of the day. If there is there any that you can think of off the top of your head from the list? I mean, I'm looking at the list right now. Anything cool sticking out to you? Um, why well, I, I would try to I would hope to watch something more that you haven't seen yet either. Um what are you in the mood for? Something that's legitimately horror based, supernatural horror. Like, okay. Um, let's look. So we have. Um, hmm. Legitimately horror-based, supernatural horror. Um, to... um <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> Damn, man, you put me. You think I put you on the spot? You're putting me on the spot. Do you see anything that's like just straight up horror based? Like it's not edge lord shit. It's not weird documentary shit. It's not like annoying shit. It's just uh, straight up disturbing horror movie. Um, you've seen Inland Empire, right? I have not. Is that Cronenberg? No, that's David Lynch. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. You want to do Inland Empire? Yeah, I'm down for Lynch any day of the week. Okay, so we'll next episode we'll do David Lynch's Inland Empire, starring Laura Dern, Jeremy Irons, and. Justin Therox, Therox, Therox. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard very interesting things about that movie. It's a good cast. Yeah, it just so yeah. I I expected you to have seen that already, but I guess not. Um, yeah. So next time we will be watching David Lynch's Inland Empire. As always, thank you for watching, and we'll see you next time. Hell yeah! Peace. <laughs>